Hey, are you going to Gen Con? Well, guess what? So are Rudy Basso and I. And on Friday night at 8.30 p.m. of Gen Con, we will be at Tavern on South, and we want to meet with you. That's right. If you are going to Gen Con that Friday at 8.30, Tavern on South, it's a bar and restaurant. It's less than a block from the convention center. It's at 423 West South Street in Indianapolis. We will be there. We're going to be hanging out in the bar section. Come meet with us. Tell us what you think about the show. Maybe play a game with us. We don't know what we're going to be doing, but we want to meet fans of the Tome Show. Rudy Basso of the D&D V&G podcast and regular panelist on the Roundtable. You can follow him on Twitter at R-U-D-Y-B-A-S-S-O. And you can follow me on Twitter at J-A-M-E-S. I-N-T-R-O-C-A-S-O. Our Twitter handles are real easy. It's just our first name followed by our last name. Follow us there. We'll be sending you pictures of where we are at Gen Con and what we're doing. So even if you can't meet up with us on Friday night, you can meet up with us probably at another time. We have a lot of games scheduled, but we'd love to meet with you. So go follow us on Twitter. Follow The Tome Show on Facebook at facebook.com slash thetomeshow. Get regular updates about where Rudy and I are. Jeff Greiner is going to be there. Tracy Hurley is going to be there. People are going to be all over the place. So if you want to come check us out, like I said, 8.30, Friday night of Gen Con, Tavern on South. Follow us on Twitter to get other updates. All right, let's start the show. Welcome to the D&D Roundtable presented by The Tome Show. I'm your host, James Intercasso. Please use the affiliate links on thetomeshow.com whenever you shop on Amazon or D&D Classics to help support the show. Just go to thetomeshow.com, click on the links in the show notes for this episode or any other, and then shop as you normally would. Today we're talking about Psionics in 5th edition D&D and the results of the 5th edition D&D April survey. Let's meet the panel and kick things off with our get-to-know-you question. Would you rather have elf ears, a dwarf beard, tiefling horns, hobbit feet, dragon scales, or a half-orc face? Rudy Basso. Um, not really crazy about any of these options, to be quite honest. Uh, don't see a lot of inherent uh, positives from them. Uh, I guess I'll go with elf ears, because it's the least intrusive and weird. So, uh, I see. Elf ears. So if you learn anything from Rudy Basso, it's don't be different and stand out, you guys. <laughs> Human every Good time. Good way to put it. <laughs> Fit in. Uh, Allison Rossi, which would you rather have? This is like the easiest get-to-know-you question I've ever done, I think. Um, I am in love with tieflings. It used to be elves, but tieflings are my thing now. So I would definitely do tiefling horns just because they look so badass. That would be pretty badass to have some tiefling horns poking out of your hair. Would you want, like, the ones that stick straight up into the air, or would you want the kind that, like, curve back like a ram's horn, kind of? I like the ones that curve slightly back. Like, they're they're definitely my favorite. They look a lot cooler than the ones that kind of point straight up in the air. They just look a little weird. So definitely the ram-like ones. I agree. I'm, I'm a ram guy as well. Uh, Alex Basso, which would you rather have? I'm going with the dwarf beard. Nice. Uh, best choice yeah, the, by far. I, I think the best choice because unlike the other options, you can like do stuff with your beard. Yeah. Make yeah. it look cool, style it, put stuff in it. 
So, or braid it. I don't know. Yeah. Got horns. They're just, they're always going to be horns. I guess maybe you could put like a ring on it or something. I don't know. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Yeah, I got to say, uh, that would be my choice as well. Dwarf beard. Just because it's such a fashion accessory you can do so many things with. Uh, let's talk a little bit about our first topic. Psionics in 5th edition D&D. So Mike Merles has been tweeting out some hints that, you know, someone asked him on Twitter, was there any chance we might see a psionicist class in 5th edition soon? Perhaps in the Unearthed Arcana playtest column that they're putting out. He said he wouldn't be surprised because he's had all of the prior edition psionics books on his desk recently. That is pretty cool news to me. I'm a big fan of psionics. Uh, I know some people are are like, ooh, no, magic all the way. Uh, but I, I think they can coexist peacefully in a lovely fantasy world. But I want to hear from you guys. Do you want to see Psionics in 5th edition D&D? And if so, how would you like to see it implemented? Would you want to see it just like magic? Would you want to see it different than magic? Would you want to see it like one of the prior edition paths? Uh, let's start with you, Allison Rossi. Okay, so as we probably already know from previous podcasts and whatnot, I'm relatively new to D&D still. I really started with, uh, you know, playtesting 5th edition, and I also play 3.5 campaign. Um, so I haven't actually gotten to experience uh, psionics at the table. However, I've been kind of reading up on it, and, and, you know, I even asked Twitter earlier today their thoughts on it. And I am just, I don't know, I don't think I've ever really had a time where I liked psionics. Um, I don't really think I'm looking forward to seeing it in 5th edition, but I know it's going to happen. Yeah, I think it's probably the big thing, uh, you know, the big supplement as far as classes go people are waiting for. Exactly. So, I mean, from what a lot of people are saying, it they feel like it really only belongs in, say, you know, the dark sun setting, which I totally agree with. Um I don't think I would allow it at my table at all um, were I to continue DMing 5e. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, And why is it? Is it just thematically you wouldn't want to allow it? Are you afraid of it being overpowered? Obviously, we can't see mechanics yet, so that's hard to speculate on. Yeah. So I feel like a little bit of both. I feel like thematically it just doesn't really fit into, you know, the regular Forgotten Realms world. Um. In, in my opinion, in the way I would want to run things. Um, and even going further than that, I prefer a little bit of low magic settings um, where, you know, maybe limiting people to how many spellcasters can be in the party or whatever it may be. Um, so I just, I don't like it thematically. And I, I have a feeling they'll probably be overpowered. Um, and I feel like it'll be the, you know, min-maxer's dream. I, I mean, I, I think you are right. If you like to run a lower magic campaign while psionics are not, you know, straight magic. Um, They are certainly a magic-like thing. They they act often like magic mechanically, so it makes sense that you wouldn't want too much of that either. Uh, I love high magic campaigns uh, and also love psionics. Uh, You know, they, they have a big role to play in Eberron too, um, you know, there, there's that psionic player race of the Kaleshtar and everything. And, uh, I'm just a big fan. Uh, what about you, Alex Basso? How do you feel about psionics? Mm, I don't know. I'm I'm kind of on the fence about them. I like there being an alternative type of magic uh, that science, you know, science provide, but it's never really been a type of character I've I've spent a lot of time with. I think maybe in fourth edition, uh, I played one 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 shot as a 
God, what was the healer class that was a scion of 4th Ed? Ardent? Was that it? The Ardent. I don't remember. Yes, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I, who I, I did enjoy, but I, in 4th edition, I enjoyed every leader class. So I, I wouldn't say specifically it was the psionic part I like so much. Mm-hmm. But just as a, you know, for someone who wants to do magic, but doesn't want to do diviner or arcane, it's nice, I think, to have that extra option. I can't speak too much on previous, before 4th edition, but I know like the 4th the edition way how they worked with the extra points that would augment their abilities. I like how they have a, a way to kind of determine how strong they want a certain spell to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I would love if they kept that mechanic. So I guess the monk somewhat is similar to them right now with their key points, how mm-hmm. uh, how in 4th ed they had psionic points. Sure, sure. So, or the sorcerer, right? The sorcerer has those sorcery points. Yeah, you're right, the sorcerer too, yeah. Yeah. Um, so if they were to do that for the psionics as well, I think that's kind of having too much of the same mechanics spread between classes. Because I, I feel like this edition has done a great job of kind of making everyone have their own unique thing. So if they could find some other you know, new way to make them uh, a unique class to play, I'd love to see it. Sure. Well, and Rudy and I were fortunate enough to interview Mike Merles last year at Gen Con. Um, and we asked him actually about psionics. And one of the things he said was if they were going to do psionics, they wanted to make sure it felt different from the other offerings they had. Uh, so I, while I do think, you know, PowerPoints have kind of always been a big part of the class, um, it would be interesting to see, like, yeah, how do you make that different from key and sorcery points and that sort of thing? How do you, how do you make psionics feel different than magic? Um, and, and play differently and really feel like some mental might. Uh, Rudy, what do you think about psionics in the fifth edition D&D? I agree with a lot of what's been said so far. I agree with Allison. I don't like psionics in uh, Forgotten Realms. Mm-hmm. I, I feel that that doesn't fit the high fantasy kind of setting. I think they're a little, little out there, a little strange. And I agree with Alex that if they do introduce them, which I hope they do, I've loved a lot of the mechanics from 5th edition. I'd like to see, a, I guess you could say, 5th edition take on Psyonics. Psyonics. <laughs> on uh, Psyonics. My New Jersey's coming out. Um, <laughs> I would uh, I would like them to, to be a completely different school of, of magic or Psyonicism. Uh, I, I would like it to be completely different in terms of how they play. Uh, what I ultimately really want, especially having played Dark Sun Shattered Lands, which was discussed on the, the last episode of D&D V&G, is I want that Dark Sun campaign setting book. Give me that Dark Sun book. Because, man, do they fit so well in that universe, I feel like, where uh, arcane magic isn't a thing. Everybody's using these funky brain powers. I'm all about it. So... Give me Dark Sun, Mike. Mike Marles. Yeah, Dark yeah. I, w- I mean, I would love to see that, even if it's uh like the thing they did for Eberron and on for Eberron. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, it would be awesome to to see something like that with you know Thrycreen and uh, some other uh, things, oh. including Psionics, and maybe that's where they introduce it, right? Maybe that's they they sure. introduce them hand in hand. I love it. So another thing I just want to quickly add on is when I asked Twitter about their thoughts on on 5e psionics, um, someone mentioned actually that there is a, a podcast, DMs Block. Um, they did a discussion in their one of their recent episodes about being um, or well using psionics for underwater societies, uh, no verbal casting and using it that way. So I'm interested in hearing their thoughts on that it seems kind of interesting i feel like if i were to use it in a campaign and i was going to do something underwater related that would totally be one case where i would use psionics at my table 
Or maybe, you know, maybe there are worlds out there with very little or no magic and it's all psionics. Yeah, I thought that sounded fantastic. I was like, the whole idea in general of psionics, I don't really like, but using it for an underwater campaign, just being an underwater campaign sounds cool enough. So adding the different kind of casting for that would be cool. Let's talk a little bit then about what you guys would like to see as far as more class options coming. Uh, You know, it seems like psionics is probably somewhere down the line. But if you could see any class added to the 5th edition lineup from the past editions or perhaps an entirely new class, what would you want to see? Alex Basso, let's start with you. Uh, I'm just going to go straight to what my favorite class probably playing in 4th edition was, was the Rune Priest. Honestly, it was a class I'd never heard of before 4th ed. Um, but Rune Priest was my favorite as it's the way they worked in 4th Ed as a, a kind of, they were pretty much a battle cleric just by default, and mm-hmm. the ability for them to kind of like switch stances, and uh, they were kind of more of a healer that was focused on preventing damage than healing damage, which made a, a really fun mechanic uh, that was, even though I didn't play a long campaign with them, uh, it was probably one of the best experiences gameplay-wise I had in 4th edition. That's a uh, that's funny because a lot of people get down on the rune priest for not having as many options in fourth because it was a class yeah you, you compare it to the cleric who has uh, like fifteen abilities yeah. per level and the rune priest never really got much love past the that player's handbook three uh, so it didn't really compare but I thought what they brought felt different uh, yeah. compared to the other leader choices. Yeah, it was really cool, and it was great if you wanted to play a, a cleric who could really bash some heads in, too, which was nice, or or really def- work as a defender. Uh, what about you, Rudy? If you could see any class uh, be brought into 5th edition, what would you pick? I really loved the Sword Mage, which wasn't in one of the PHPs. It was actually a supplement uh, after the first PHP for 4th edition. I love the idea of a magician who still is very reliant on martial skills on his sword. Um, You know, fifth ed has a fighter that can use magic, but this is a guy who uses magic through his weapon. And, and that's kind of his, like, it's a part of his arm, his sword Mm -hmm. or, uh, and, and that was just so cool to me to, to use magic, but to use it to still hit guys with a sword. (laughs) That's that's pretty cool. Also, I did love the Avenger too. Divine magic generally associated with healing it's cool to use that to beat people up and shoot them with magic Uh, well those are great answers allison rossi what about you would you want to see any classes from past editions making uh an appearance i don't know quite if you could do it um in in 5e you probably could find a way around it but shadow dancers i really liked so it was a rogue prestige class that i really liked and i think it would be a lot of fun to have it kind of has a, a 5e monk feel to it, but with rogues. So I think that would be fun. Um, also, going off of the whole, I love tieflings, I love warlocks as well. So uh, like a, a hellfire warlock of some sort um, from the Fiendish, Fiendish Codex I read about before seemed pretty interesting. So those are the types of things that I'd want to see a little bit more flavor for existing classes, I guess, would be kind of cool. Guys, we want to know what everybody else out there thinks about this. What do you think about psionics? What classes would you like to see come back to D&D? Get in touch with us. You can reach us over at thetomeshow.com where you can leave a comment in the show notes for this uh, episode or you can leave us a comment over at 
facebook.com slash the tome show. All right, guys, let's move on to our second topic, the April survey results. They keep rolling out these feedback surveys, and then they keep giving us a, a little bit of a taste of what the responses were. Um, they asked some basic questions in April about, you know, sort of the life cycle of campaigns. What did we think of different character races? Uh, and have we enjoyed any of the Adventurers League content was produced? Um, they said that the results told them that the typical campaign meets once a week and has been running since the release of 5th edition. Uh, I don't think there's any big surprise there. Um, many people have their games taking place in Forgotten Realms. Again, that's all that official products uh, have been released for. So again, no big surprise there. So, uh, I mean, like you said, obviously most people are playing in the Forgotten Realms unless they're kind of updating stuff for their own homebrew, uh, going off of what they know about, you know, other campaign settings. Um, you know, I found basically all of this to be true from what I see in, in the group that I play with and the group that I DM for, uh, for Adventurers League. Um, you know, we're, we've run, uh, Horde of the Dragon Queen and Rise of Tiamat right now, um, Every week we play, unless there's some sort of issue with scheduling. I mean, we're we're all adults. We all have full time jobs or college classes, so that's definitely true for my groups. Yeah, nothing, uh, nothing earth shattering in this uh, in these survey results here. Um, I mean, we're not playing in a typical setting. We're playing in your homebrew world, uh, worldbuilderblog.me. Um, <laughs> I mean, personally, I wish that there was some more personality to the. I understand that they're doing it for the macro data that I'm sure they're they are interested in. But in these like summary kind of releases they make, you know, you should like just ask at the bottom, explain, you know, tell us something cool that's happened in your campaign, or tell us about your character, and then just like you know, add that in there at the bottom. And uh, you know, people love to read about the cool moments in campaigns. So I don't, you know, that's what I would suggest just to, to kind of keep these a little bit more interesting than, uh, you know, people generally can't uh, schedule games too often. People don't like to play halflings or gnomes. So <laughs> as Brody said, nothing, nothing really crazy in here. I mean, I, I guess just comparing it to myself, I've pretty much fallen into almost all the same categories, except for my hate. I don't have a hatred for the small races. I don't know. I mean, I guess I understand why that's common. People just pick on the little guy, but that's kind of disappointing that everyone seems to dislike halflings and gnomes. They have their place. Come on, people. They're they're too close to Kender. People would just have you know flashbacks <laughs> to bad uh, bad memories. Maybe. <laughs> I always love the small races. I think they're fun. Uh, halfling rogue is actually my favorite uh, race class combination to play. So little known James and Tricasso fact there, you guys. Allison, one thing I'm curious to get your feedback on because you participate in the Adventurers League. It seems like people are pretty happy with all of the adventures, not just the encounters stuff, which is the big published hardback adventures, but also the expeditions and the epics and that kind of thing. I saw you on Twitter uh, the day of Gen Con registration happily touting that you got into the D&D epics. How do you feel about this content that they've been putting out for the Adventurers League? So, so far running things, um, I, I've gotten good and bad feedback from my players. Um, not so much bad feedback because of me as a DM, but bad, 
well, I guess I wouldn't say it's bad, but they're used to homebrew campaigns and settings, and they've been playing for years. Some of them have been playing since before I was even born. So they're not quite used to having kind of a little bit of railroading in terms of storyline. Um, and, you know, even when I'm not railroading them and I'm letting them do whatever they want, they still think I'm railroading them because of, you know, the fact that I'm generally running off of a book. Um, so I would say that's kind of a downside for more experienced players who have a lot of background in D&D. However, I've noticed that the people who are new to D&D and are coming in and they're still trying to learn it, they love it. They are perfectly fine with, you know, being on rails if they need to be. They're fine with just kind of going with the flow and going with the storyline. Um, and they're, they're all, they all seem to be enjoying it. Um, as far as the epics go, I just so happened to get into a crypt garden at Gen Con this past summer. And, you know, I got in by the skin of my teeth and it was amazing um, being involved in a big, you know, group whose decisions kind of changed the way the story went was really great. Um, and I'm really excited for the two epics that I got in for Gen Con this summer. So we'll see how those go. Probably just as well, if not better than crypt garden. Nice. Well, maybe I will see you there because I am also playing in the epics at Gen Con. I have a feeling that I'll see you there at Gen Con. <laughs> so guys, one thing I want to talk about is the D&D spell list, which came out uh, recently. They put out an official PDF uh, that gives you all of the spells just like they are in the player's handbook by class and then by level. And it's just like it is in the player's handbook. There are asterisks next to the spells which can be cast as rituals, which is pretty cool. And then, uh, down further in the document, you can get spells separated by School of Magic, which is also uh, pretty cool. They just have all of the spells by spell level, not separated by class. Um, I, You know, this was a cool thing to get from them, but it seemed to me uh, too little too late. Uh, yeah, there are so many other spell sorters out there online already. Like, this is just a PDF still. I can't sort things the way I want them to. Um, you know, maybe I want to look at all of the spells, but not the necromancy ones. I, I don't have the option of doing that. And the other thing is, this leaves out all of the spells that have come in the, you know, the supplemental PDFs, like the elemental evil player companion. Uh, so I was actually a little disappointed in this. I mean, hey, it's free, right? It's free on the wizard site. I always take free stuff. I think this is great. Um, but I'm not sure that this was entirely necessary. Uh, and I do wish, like, it looks nice. You know, it's, it's, it's a nice little document. But I really wish that there was more to it or that it was in some form that was sortable. What is your take on it, Rudy Basso? Yeah, it took me two minutes to Google a better spell list that is sortable by class, by level, by school, by ritual, by casting time, that has component lists, that has con whether or not it needs concentration, and uh, it has the actual source of where you can find it in your PHP, like what page. I think that's a, an integral thing missing here from this list. Um, you summed it up perfectly. Too too little, too late. You know, be be cool, wizards, and just link to some community made stuff. Or, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. This this is 
nice. <laughs> it, like, like there isn't even new art or anything. It's just it's just words. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I knew you would agree with me, which is why I started with you. So I'm I'm feeling the same way. It's it's too little, too late. Um, you know, in the past I've used Don John for the uh, spell sheets for for sorting through different things when I was trying to figure out. You know, oh, I want to do something from this school. You know, which spells do I have a choice from? Casting time, if it has components or not. Um, where it is then in my PHB. I just I feel like this is just not enough. And ever since the uh, the whole app thing kind of fell through. I'm just like, when are they going to give us something that's interactive on our smartphones or tablets or even through a web page? Um, you know, this is great for, you know, if it's not really important what you're looking for, I feel, but I, you know, I, I want something that's digital. I want some, well, digital in a sense of it's an app for my phone. Um, that, that's, that's really what I'm waiting for. I'm waiting for them to impress us in some way. Yeah, it's uh, I don't know why. Why would they even release it at this point? We've all come to terms with the fact that they're they're not going to give us a useful spell list, and then here's this bare bones thing, uh, you know, <laughs> ten months later, or f- almost a year now, right? Jeez. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I would have been great when uh, it just came out to, uh, to use with my book, because it was super annoying to go back and forth between the spells and what my class could use. Um, but at this point. You know, cool, I'm never going to use it. So I guess thanks, Wizards. Thanks. Well, as always, we want to know what you think. Uh, Again, this is a free product, so I'm not going to be super ungrateful about it, but it does feel like you can get a much better spell sorter sorter out there from many other sites just by Googling. It's there if you want it. Yeah. Will you use it? I guess we'll see. Maybe maybe someone will. <laughs> <laughs> so get in touch with us. Again, it's over at thetomeshow.com. You can leave comments in the show notes for this episode or over at Facebook at facebook.com slash thetomeshow. Guys, that is going to do it for this episode of The Roundtable. Where can people find you, Rudy Basso? Hey, you can follow me on Twitter at Rudy Basso, R-U-D-Y-B-A-S-S-O. You can also listen to Alex and Maya's podcast on this very network. It is called D-N-D-V-N-G. We talk about Dungeons and Dragons video games. Also, James, I would like to push another podcast that I absolutely adore called Hello from the Magic Tavern. Um, <laughs> this is a fantasy kind of improvis- improv uh, interview podcast. It is so funny. I can't get over how much I love this universe that they're creating and how hilarious the improvisers are. Um, it's hello from the magic tavern.com. It is adult humor. They use some uh, adult language, but if you like fantasy, you like D and D kind of stuff, I really recommend you go ahead and uh, give it a listen. Start with episode one and enjoy the ride. Excellent. And we will link all of that in the show notes. Uh, Allison Rossi, where can people find you? As usual, you can mostly find me on Twitter at Allison R underscore 91. So that's A-L-L-I-S-O-N-R underscore 91. Or you can also find my group. Uh, we stream D&D 3.5e uh, normally every Monday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So that's twitch.tv slash padfoot240. However, we're going to kind of be mixing it up uh doing some D&D, but also doing some Stars Without Number. So potentially sprinkling in something else where it sounds like we might be alternating. Who knows? So we'll see. What is that? What is Stars Without Number? Uh, stars Without Number is kind of like a, 
uh, more sci-fi space-themed uh, RPG. So it was featured on uh, the Itme JP channel before. Um, the rest of my group really loves watching them them stream D and D in their other uh, different campaigns. So we decided to pick it up, and now we're like floating around in space and stuff. Uh, who knows? I'm still learning it. <laughs> <laughs> and Alex Bassa, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at yo underscore Alex Basso. And you can find me on Twitter at James Intracasso. That's at J-A-M-E-S-I-N-T-R-O-C-A-S-O. And you can leave us a comment on the Tome Show's website, thetomeshow.com, or facebook.com slash thetomeshow. Also, check out my blog, which is all about Exploration Age. It's the fifth edition world I'm building over at worldbuilderblog.me. There's a ton of free resources for your D&D 5e games over there. Okay, everybody, thanks for listening, and thanks to Rudy, Allison, and Alex. Special thanks to Jeff Greiner for letting us join the Tone Show lineup, and extra thanks to Sam Dillon for getting this podcast out there on the airwaves. Our theme music, which you're listening to right now, was composed by Eric Michaels. Don't forget to go to thetomeshow.com and use the affiliate links whenever you shop on Amazon or D&D Classics to help support the show. And hey, if you like the show, please rate the Tome Show on iTunes and like us on Facebook. Keep on rolling and keep on listening to the roundtable.